0: Listening to Java with Jen with your host Jenilee Samuel. Hey 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 friends! It is Jen here at Java with Jen. Oh my gosh, you guys, it's Christmas time. Christmas is officially like 12 days away and I am I just love this time of year. Don't you just love it? Lights everywhere and it's crisp and buying gifts for everybody you love and wrapping presents and it's just so much fun. Actually, as I sit here, I'm staring at my upstairs room, which is where I do all my recordings and the bed is covered in gifts and bags to wrap things in and I have a pile of Amazon boxes against the wall. So actually if anyone wants to volunteer to come and help me wrap gifts, um, please come. I will pay you in coffee. <laughs> anyway, so today's episode, I'm really excited. I wanted to share an episode. Um, I've, I've been so blessed to have so many people around me that I could interview. I actually have two other episodes I need to upload. Um, so I've just had awesome people around me to interview, but I wanted to do an episode, just me sharing my heart with you guys. Uh, I realized that the topic of discipline, which we're going to talk parenting, we're going to talk discipline. The topic of discipline is tough. Like most moms that I know struggle to feel like comfortable with that topic, feel like they can wrap their heads around it or really navigate it with confidence, especially when you have little ones. Oh my goodness. It's tough with little ones. I, I remember feeling Uh, so uncertain of myself for pretty much the entire time I was raising little ones. And so every time I have a friend over um, that's a mother, it feels like inevitably our conversation lands on this topic. So I thought, hey, this would be a perfect time to talk about it. So if that's you, man, share this with a friend that you think could could benefit. I really feel like the things I'm going to talk about in today's episode are going to encourage you, give you some comfort, give you some hopefully direction. Um, I'm not an expert. I don't have a PhD in discipline or anything like this, but I've raised four boys and I've surrounded myself by wise wise older people who have done a great job raising their kids and I've pulled on their wisdom as well as read lots of books and have friends who are therapists and they've shared the, their wisdom as well. So I think I've got some good things to share with you um, and hopefully they'll just enhance your parenting experience. Definitely not, um, definitely not meant to come across as an expert but really just a sister who wants to help. So let's dive into this. However, before I do, I had something really cool I want to share with you. This is kind of like an ad, except it's not sponsored, so it's not really an ad. It's just exciting for me. Uh, Recently on Instagram, this company called Trade Coffee Company, uh, you can find them at the at sign Trade Coffee Co., Uh, they reached out to me and they were like, hey, we see that you like coffee, wink, wink. And we would love to offer you, to make you an ambassador of our company and to offer you a discount code that you can share with all of your friends for their first bag of coffee. I was like, OMG, we all love coffee, of course. And so if you head over to Instagram And look up Trade Coffee Company. It's like a little red logo with the word trade in it. They, I'm telling you guys, I went to their website and they had so many brands and flavors. Honestly, it was kind of daunting. But the cool thing is they have a quiz you can fill out that populates some suggestions. And they have a chat feature. So one of their employees will chat with you. They're like a coffee expert and they'll ask you some questions and help you narrow down some really great options. So the guy was super helpful, eager to, eager to make suggestions, apparently really loves coffee and loves helping people. So he was super helpful. Um, and he gave me a suggestion. I bought the bag that, or well, I, I purchased the bag that he suggested. And you guys, it's my new legit favorite cup of coffee. I love it. So I'm just excited because for those of you who do love a good cup of coffee, I have a discount code for you. You can get half off of this first bag and maybe find a new uh, coffee supplier. So uh, the discount code is generally Samuel styling, all one word over at their website. So I'll put that on my blog so that you know that you're spelling it right. But if you follow me on Instagram, it is the same as my handle on Instagram, generally Samuel Styling. So you can just use that. That's the the promo code to get half off your first bag. Okay, moving on to more important topics like parenting and discipline. Okay, so this is something that I remember when I was a young parent. Um, I remember one time actually being on the floor in my office, crying and praying, talking to the Lord, just pouring out my heart, devastated over my insufficiency as a parent, especially in this area. And I remember the Lord speaking to me and telling me, generally, your parenting is under assault, um, indicating that, that my heart and my mind, I was wrestling to a degree I didn't need to be wrestling, and that even perhaps the enemy... Um, a.k.a. Satan, who likes to mess with us sometimes, uh, was just stirring up a lot of fears and insecurities and messing with my head about discipline. And that's when it kind of dawned on me, like, this raising children and raising humans business is a big deal, not just to us, but it's a big deal to God. And it's a big deal to the devil who wants to destroy our lives. And he would love for us to be lazy and uncaring about the way that we discipline our children because we are training them into the way that they should go. And mom, if you are training your child to love God and to love people and to live an upstanding life like they become a threat to the enemy with their life because they can make such a profound impact on this world. So yes, it becomes something of utmost importance. So when I realized the struggle and the battle that was over my parenting, I realized this was really important and I wanted to get a handle on this and I wanted to not just I wanted to feel like I was disciplining with purpose and knowing that it was going to bear good fruit and not just hoping for the best and being unsure of myself. So there's some things that I realized there's kind of two areas that discipline breaks down into. Um, I feel like when our kids are growing, I see that there's, there's two ways to look at discipline. There's really kind of a training aspect and then there's a discipline aspect training uh is not something that stops with age because as they grow and they're learning and exploring new things, training is always necessary. We're always being trained in our own lives, in new ventures, in new jobs, new anything. And it's the same thing with our kids. As they step into a new phase of life, training is still present. And so, training is uh, something that is built with experience and knowledge. And so, there's that aspect. Of, of raising and raising our children and then there's discipline which is where their heart is actually uh, needing to be corrected because something was done in a rebellious spirit or out of foolishness and that's where discipline steps in and the difference in those two things obviously is the condition of their heart and so that's where you as a parent with discernment have to come in knowing The heart of your child and not just judging externally, but A, it's important that you know the heart of your child. Um, and it's also important that in these little moments where we bring correction, that there's a conversation where their heart feels safe and they can share what was behind it. So let's talk about training first. I was introduced to the concept through a book that I read. It was a pretty good book. I'm not gonna actually share the title because I I don't know that I want to totally recommend it. However, What I did walk away from it with was the concept that training is important and that kids are brought into this world with a clean slate. We think sometimes because they're in our family, oh, you should know this. But really, like, they don't know that they should not touch the fireplace because they're two years old and they've never seen a fireplace to them. It's shiny and pretty. And so they want to touch it. So there's things that we have to teach them that they were not inherently born with. Um, and so that's where training comes in. I remember when my kids were little and I would get really weary of being patient. And sometimes I felt like in my desire to be patient, I would, I would watch them. And it's almost like they were kind of taking advantage of my patience to just fully maximize their ability to do whatever they wanted. <laughs> and I remember struggling inside myself like, "Lord, how patient do I need to be? At what point does my patience become detriment? My patience become detrimental to my child's development here?" And I remember the Holy Spirit whispering back to me. He said, "Baby, how patient do you want to have to be every time?" And man, that kind of struck me. I was like, "Oh, good point. And now when I say patience in that situation, I thought patience was defined as how long do I give them to respond to what I've asked. But actually, patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. So patience is not actually about how long we let them get away with it before we get upset. Patience is the ability to endure their foolishness without getting upset. So if I need them to learn to respond to me immediately, it is totally up to me as the parent to train them in that kind of a quick response. Some parents are okay telling their kids 27 times before they expect them to take action. But I realized with four kids... And with a limited time in life and possibly with dangerous situations like running into the street or whatever, I wanted to train my kids to obey as instantly as possible. And granted, that falls on me to train consistently. Um, but it did free me when the Lord said that I didn't feel like because I expected quick quick obedience that I was being impatient it just meant that I realized, you know, this is just how we're going to do it because this is what I feel is best for you guys and best for our family. So let me start you with that thought is how patient you want to have to be each time. So then with that, you're going to have to be consistent. Um, and, and I don't say that like there's no room for failure. Obviously, I feel like what I found in our parenting, at least, is that things kind of go in waves. And I don't know if that's our inconsistency or if that's just the nature of, um, trying to ride ride on the momentum of some success. And then sometimes that momentum starts to slow down. You have to start to discipline again. Um, but I'll find that we go through a few days where maybe there's been a lot of correction. So then for a few days, it's like the reins are tight and they're understanding or are serious. And then, you know, they get lax. And maybe because we haven't been disciplining every day because we haven't had to, then we come into another phase where we'll have to kind of tighten the reins and discipline more frequently and consistently. And then, you know, that bears fruit and, you know, it kind of goes in waves and I'm okay with that. Um, but whenever you do see that they're violating the standard you've set for your home of, I expect quick obedience, then, then that's when either reiterating some more training or discipline steps in. Um, Something that I expect of my kids, I'll tell them when it comes to how quickly I expect them to obey. I look at them and I say, listen, if I can't tell that you're obeying because you're taking too long, then you're technically disobeying. You need to obey quickly with an I'd be happy to attitude so that I know you're, that you're obeying. And then I try to make the point and I always try to explain to them the reasoning behind the rules and the things that we ask of them. I don't want them to feel like they're just robots. However, oh my goodness, with that, I have learned it's best to expect and ask for obedience and ask them to trust and obey and then later to explain the why because when they were little, one thing I did wrong that I had to kind of undo is that when they were little tiny, when I would give the instruction, I would take the time to explain why up front. Well, then what happened is after a couple years of that, taught them that they didn't have to obey until they had an explanation and so then I had to start to um, teach them you guys need to obey because I'm mom and because you can trust me and I'm doing what's right for you and you you can't we don't always have the luxury of an explanation first like if you're running into the road and I tell you quickly come back here We don't have time for an explanation in that moment. You need to obey quickly so that you'll be safe and I can explain after the fact. So that was something I learned by by failure and me just not knowing what I was doing because I was a new parent. Um, So I I definitely recommend uh, do what's best for your family. But I recommend explaining after and teaching them the value of trust and obey and then understanding later and so and it is ex- important to explain the why so that they can see all what it does do is it reiterates they were trusting you for good reason and then they also walk away with wisdom from the situation by understanding why you asked them to do what they did um okay so training is part of why training is important is it helps to create for them an understanding of boundaries where they are so a little example of this is And this is a recent example. I had a friend over, um, precious daughter, oh my goodness, 15 months old, so sweet. My boys just loved her. And, you know, as a 15-month-old, she was very explorative and curious. And our home was new territory, so she did not know where any of the boundary lines were. So, you know, we had to just help coach her along as she was here. She was great. So I was sitting in a chair on my laptop, and she'd walk up, and she'd grab the back of my laptop and pull it down. And so after, you know, four or five times of that, of just saying, no, no, don't do that. She wasn't heeding my no, no, don't do this. So her mom had already given me permission to thump her hand if I needed to. And so after four or five times, she wasn't catching the hint. So I would, I just thump her little hand and I said, no, no, don't touch. And then thumping her hand, she didn't cry, didn't hurt her, but it got her attention. And she kind of like stopped and, Looked at me for a second and was like, huh. And so then she was a little more cautious, but she still would reach out and grab the laptop. So I thumped her again and said, no, no, don't touch. And then, so then, then ensued the process where I could see the wheels in her head turning. It was really, really fascinating to watch, actually. It was like I could see her thinking through, huh, okay, this is a new thing. Can I touch this way? So she'd turn her hand and try to approach the laptop with the back of her hand and she would do it slowly like she was testing the waters and and it wasn't a testing out of defiance i could see she was testing out of curiosity like what is this and so literally we probably went through this about 15 times and each time she got a little bit less bold and a little bit and so she'd bring her hand close to the laptop and just kind of hover but wouldn't touch it. But I still could see what she was doing. And so I still thumped her hand and said, don't touch. So I was trying to make it very clear for her, this is the line, don't cross it. So when she finally realized that no matter how many times I try, this is not gonna be okay to touch, she lost interest and walked away. Now with training, that requires resiliency on our part as parents, because your children are not trying to do wrong They're trying to understand where the boundary lines and how far out they are. And that's all she was doing. So we as parents can lose patience, be like, oh my goodness, I've told you this 27 times. But what they're doing is they're trying to figure out, hmm, is this wrong 26 times? But then on 27, it's okay. So you being consistent as a parent isn't so much just about teaching them to listen. It's about teaching them that those boundary lines are firm. And when you show them those boundary lines are firm, eventually they'll walk away and they'll understand, okay, that's a boundary line I cannot cross. And it actually makes them feel secure in life. We all feel more secure with boundaries. So training is about establishing their understanding of boundaries and helping them see clearly where those are. Now, part of why I feel like discerning the difference between training and discipline is really important is because you're sending a message to the child about their heart in the process. I'm going to share another example of something that actually happened to me as an adult that helped me kind of see this difference. Um, I was, it was in one of my jobs and one of my uh, leaders was continually correcting me but they were correcting me on things they thought like protocols that they thought I should know better. Um, but what they didn't realize is because of my unique role in the institution, um, protocol was never explained to me. And so protocols were things I learned as I accidentally tripped over lines and that I didn't know were there. So it was kind of tricky, but, um, Anyways, but for a season, they would just correct me and they corrected me with lots of frustration and they did it almost insinuating that I was trying to go around behind their back or trying to um, pull one over on them, which was very hurtful to me because now it was like I genuinely did not know that was a line and genuinely my heart was to try to um, support and help alleviate pain in this direction. But what they saw it as was something else. And so then when they corrected me, it came out of a heart of discipline, as though my heart was wrong, but my heart was actually genuine and correct in this situation. So then what it did was then it hurt me because then it was about our relationship. And I felt like they believed poorly of me when all they had to do was just instruct me and be like, hey, maybe you didn't realize this is a line over here. So for me, it helped me realize that when we deal with a training situation with a discipline attitude, what we do is we actually send a message to that child that their heart was bad. Um, I feel like as parents... It can be really hard, especially in the heat of the moment, to recognize the difference. And I think that's part of why it's important that we stay calm. Um, but I feel like air on the side of training. That way, it gives the benefit of the doubt. However, if you know that you know that you know that this was a situation where discipline is really what's called for because their heart was just really out of line then then discipline is appropriate Um, but I feel like training takes an attitude of oh I realize you didn't realize this Um, let me give you the benefit of the doubt let me explain so that you understand this is the right way of doing it or this is the better way of doing it let me demonstrate if you need a demonstration here watch how I do it let me give you some guidance and what it does is it It preserves their heart in the process and gives them the wisdom that they need. But what you can do, especially depending on their age and how many times you've had to explain, is you can with that say, okay, listen, I've explained this now. If this happens again, I really need to, I need to understand why this is still happening and how I can support you in cooperation because um, I don't want to have to discipline you over this. So, Let's let's work towards success on this. And so really trying to make them feel supported while still explaining, hey, if this keeps happening, discipline will be the next step. Um, but stepping into training and attitude of training first, of, of explaining. And when they're two years old, obviously you're not going to have a long conversation like that. But simply your patience and your kindness of tone um, will help them feel that safety of learning um there is there is such a thing some of you may be asking is there such a thing as overtraining and and being naive to the fact that you need to take a stronger position absolutely like and that's where discernment just comes in you being able to discern and judge the situation appropriately and and with that in discipline there are ways to discipline Uh, that doesn't feel hard and harsh, but that still draws a firm line. So we'll get into that in a second. Um, But let me just comfort you with this little truth. When you're training your kids and it feels like a difficult road, the Bible says that even Jesus had to learn how to obey. It says that he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. I mean, Jesus was a kid and he had to suffer to learn obedience. But we know that Jesus was perfect, and so for him to be perfect and yet to learn obedience through suffering, that tells us that the pain of learning trains us into a heart of obedience. There is a difference between the pain of learning and the pain of a rebellious heart. Jesus did not have a rebellious heart. But he still had to learn those boundaries. And sometimes we learn through painful situations and through consequences um, and through just difficult moments. And so be comforted that just because your child is having to learn to obey, it doesn't mean that they're a wicked child or a bad child. In fact, I really firmly believe that you should never Use the words, you're just a bad kid, or shame on you, or phrases like that, because those create an identity for your child. And that's part of what makes discipline and training and our role as parents so powerful and so delicate, because your child is growing into an identity about who they are. They are looking for answers to tell them, Who am I? Why am I here? And you as the parent, they draw those conclusions from you and from me. And so the way that we discipline is important because when we fail and we mess up, those are prime moments for shame to come into our life. And what we want to do as parents is we want to remove the shame like Jesus did for us. We want to remove the shame and replace it with grace and confidence that enables them to succeed. Um, I wish that we could have a conversation here so you guys could ask questions as I'm talking so that, <laughs> so that if anything doesn't make sense, I would understand. But feel free to email me if anything doesn't make sense. Um, okay, so jumping into discipline then. So training is about establishing boundaries, helping them understand where the lines are and being consistent about those lines, and, and demonstrating great patience. Discipl- or training requires great, great patience. Discipline, however, happens when we need to correct a heart issue that is driving rebellion or allowing foolishness to steer their actions. So discipline can often naturally turn into a power struggle if we're not careful. But the goal of discipline is that it needs to draw out their heart of goodness and drive away foolishness. There's a passage that says that it's the kindness of the Lord that draws us to repentance. And that is oftentimes something that the Lord will remind me of is that it's not his harshness that drives me to repentance. No, that makes me want to run in the other direction. It's his kindness that draws me to change the way I do things. And that I feel like is a really great um, compass, thermometer, whatever you want to call it, for how we handle our kids when they're disciplining. Here's an example of how I do this with my kids when I'm correcting them, and this is a piece of wisdom I gained from another parent who has phenomenal children, Um, when you're disciplining your children, put the focus, the emphasis on the foolishness that was demonstrated, not on them, not you're bad, you're awful, you did wrong, shame on you, but hey, bubs, you know, you made this choice, and You know, I feel like what drove that choice was possibly some selfishness. And I'll even ask them, be like, were you being loving when you did that? No. What was it that made you make that choice? I was being selfish. Okay, so it's that selfishness that we're disciplining right now. Foolishness is not who you are. Foolishness will prevent you from becoming all the awesome that is inside of you. You're way too awesome to act like that. And so you're in here to receive correction and discipline to drive out that foolishness because that foolishness is going to keep you from being who God has called you to be. And so I try to put an emphasis on the foolishness. So then depending on how they respond to correction, I mean, I tell my kids, I'm like, listen, Correction is meant to draw out a teachable heart. A teachable heart will be quick to repent, not stubborn about correction. And I'll I'll use the word of God that says that a wise man loves correction, but a foolish man hates it. I'll use the word to explain to them how is a healthy way to respond to correction. And I'll say, if I see them responding with a lot of anger to correction, sometimes I'll stop and... let's talk about this and they need to talk it out. Sometimes I just say, listen, the anger you're demonstrating shows me that your heart is holding on to foolishness and hardness. And so I'm going to continue to discipline you until you're able to choose a sorry heart and, um, a, and a, a sorrowful heart, because the word says that, uh, repentance brings godly sorrow. Or godly sorrow brings repentance. I think it's repentance brings godly sorrow. And so I tell them, listen, I'm looking for a sorry heart, not an angry heart. And so what by telling them that, I'm teaching them how to steer their heart and steer their attitudes, and they can determine where their heart and mind goes and how they respond to correction. Um, on a practical side, when I know everyone's a little different when it comes to spanking, so to each his own. I personally, we do believe in spanking. We do not believe in abusing or beating, but we do believe in well-placed, well-timed spankings. Um, so what I do to help avoid that feeling of, of anger driving it or being overly spanked or whatever is I'll tell my kids, listen, you're going to get four licks for what you did. And, and I explain to them. You know, this is, you need to control. You you can cry, but I do not need a scream and fit. If you give a scream and fit, we're going to start over. And so I lay out boundaries for them to teach them the proper way to respond to discipline, all with the intention of guiding their heart to wisdom. One thing that we need to avoid whenever we're disciplining is shame. Shame is... Uh, the major invisible force that can cause us to cross the line from healthy discipline into unhealthy slash abusive discipline. Shame is that, that attitude that is hard and heavy and accusatory, kind of intimidating, threatening, overbearing, makes them feel small, makes them feel like something's wrong with them. Shame says something is wrong with you. Discipline says Something's wrong with the choice that you made, but I know you can do better. Actually, discipline also says you're way too awesome for what you just did. And so I try to cloak discipline moments with an attitude of you're way too awesome to demonstrate what you just demonstrated. And I'm going to hold you accountable to a higher standard because I know how awesome you are and I expect you to live up to that level of awesome because... In our college ministry, they have this quote uh, Over my dead body, will you live a life? Will I let you live a life of stupid? I don't say that to my kids, but you know, I, I think it's pretty funny, but it's kind of the mentality. Over my dead body, will I let you go on living a life of stupid? I'm going to hold you to a standard of wisdom here. Um, and I do, in those moments, I know that sometimes they need to talk out that moment. Sometimes it's good for them to have a moment in their room where they process their own behavior and their conscience is able to do its work. Sometimes a moment of separation does give that time and space for their own conscience to say, I was wrong and I shouldn't have done that. So sometimes I do I do like to do that. It gives you time to calm down, to give a little moment of separation first. And you're less likely to bring an atmosphere of shame if you are calmed down and you're not all worked up. Okay. Consider this when talking about shame. Consider this, that shame was literally the first emotion that was experienced after the fall of man in the Bible. When sin came into the picture um, and Adam and Eve sinned, the first emotion that is described is shame. It says that they felt ashamed. They realized they were naked. They felt ashamed and they covered themselves. Shame is the first. Biggest emotion we feel when we have sinned. It is natural to our fallen nature to feel shame. And that is why a lot of times children will try to hide their mistakes because God did not make us. He made us for a perfect environment. He did not make us for the fall. He made us for the Garden of Eden. So He did not make us to be able to carry shame. That's why Jesus came. In fact, at the cross, it says that Jesus, um, scorning its shame, endured the cross. And so Jesus was overturning intentionally the weight of shame when he died for us. And so shame comes in with sin, but shame is relieved through the grace and the forgiveness of Christ. So when we go into a disciplined situation with our kids, you need to realize that shame is right there whispering in their ears. So you as their safe place and as their parent, you don't want to reiterate that shame with comments like, shame on you, you're so bad, I can't believe you. Never, never saying things like that that bring shame because that, it, it literally is a type of abuse. It's not, they their little hearts and minds cannot bear it. Even as adults, we cannot bear shame. Um, that's why people point blame and try to cast blame on someone else. They're trying to alleviate a sense of shame. Instead, what we need to do is act like Christ to our children and come in and through love, grace, patience, come in and say, you know what? You did do wrong and we're going to deal with that. But I want you to know, I still believe in you and I still think you're amazing. And even just saying things like that is enough. You can, sometimes you'll watch their shoulders drop a little bit. And it's like relief that will come over them. And I've I've seen this, one time I was disciplining one of my boys and and it was a situation that needed some pretty strong discipline. And so I brought the discipline, but I could see on his face that he was pretty torn up. And so before I let him leave my room, I got down on my knees and I looked him in the face and I said, listen, you need to know that even though you made this mistake, I love you. And I still think you're amazing and you're a leader, and you're so courageous, and, and I just started building him up with my words, so then it took that moment that could have been heavy, and guilty, and shame-based, and I replaced it with, I believe in you, and that's, isn't that what we all want, you know, When we've made a mistake, it's so healing when someone can look in our face and say, I forgive you. You're amazing. I haven't given up on you. Like that's what Jesus does. The word says that he calls us what we are not as though we are. And so when you can look in the face of your child and say, yeah, you made a mistake. And yeah, I mean, it kind of made a mess and it, it wasn't pretty. Like you're not neglecting the facts. You know what I'm saying? But looking square in the face of the facts, you can say, you know what? I still think you're amazing and I feel like that shows the love and the mercy and the grace of God better than anything else. There was one day when I was in Walmart and the Lord just whispered to me out of nowhere. um, He just spoke to my heart and he said, Jen, do you know there's no room for shame in our relationship. And I thought on that, and honestly, I might even teach, have another podcast about that because there's so much depth to that phrase. But that's when I chose to walk away from ever using the phrase shame on you is because Jesus himself said there's no room for shame in our relationship. Shame makes us want to hide, but in a relationship with the Lord, he doesn't make accommodation for shame. He dealt with shame at the cross. And so when you're dealing with your kids, don't make accommodation for shame. Chase it out of the room with the love and the grace that you bring to them. Okay, so discipline requires lots of grace and meekness. And real quick, meekness is basically just power under control. It is like rubbing up against a brick that's covered in felt. There's a lot of strength behind it. If you were to punch it, it would hurt. But if you brush up against it or touch it, it's very soft to the touch. So meekness and your parenting should be cloaked with meekness that beneath the surface, there's a whole lot of strength there. But in interaction, there's a lot of tenderness. And so when we're dealing with our kids, discipline should be cloaked in grace. Training is cloaked in lots of patience and lots of encouragement. Discipline is cloaked in lots of grace, lots of meekness, and the ability to call out the greatness in them despite um, the misbehavior that they really demonstrated. Now, here's something I do want to also point out. When you do something that let's say you handle your kids in a way that's a little harsh or a little bit much, it's important that you go back and apologize. Um, I know some parents don't feel like that's appropriate, but I feel like if I ever learned anything when my parents apologized to me, it taught me the power of being able to apologize, that it actually makes you more powerful because it, it causes them to respect you more because humility is always admirable. For you to go back and apologize and what it does is it restores the standard of what's acceptable. Let's say I yell at my kids. If I never apologize, then what I'm telling them is that it's okay to yell at people. When I go back and apologize, though, it restores the standard saying, you know what, it was not okay that I yelled at you. I made a mistake, please forgive me. And it brings vulnerability into the relationship. It teaches your children that they can trust you, that when you're not right, you'll admit it. So then they it builds trust. And it gives them the example that when they're leaders, A, they don't have to be perfect. B, they don't have to be afraid of leadership that is not perfect. They can still honor leadership even when they're human because, hi, all leaders are. <laughs> And it just shows them the power of humility. And so I highly encourage when you do make a mistake while in this journey of parenting, just go back and apologize to your kids and, and demonstrate to them the humility that you expect them to demonstrate when they've made a mistake, okay? So I hope this has been helpful. Um, in summary, training can fuel your kids with a sense of confidence it's okay i know you made a mistake here's a better way to do it let me show you training is cloaked in love and patience carefully instructing like you would want to be instructed discerning that their heart just has something yet to learn that their heart was maybe not rebellious in that moment just like jesus who also had to learn but if if it's discipline don't do it angry Take a minute, separate, let the amygdala in your brain calm down. The amygdala in your brain when you get upset puts you into fight or flight mode and that can make us make irrational choices. Take a minute to calm down and let your kids calm down and think through reactions and, and then come together and instead of being in fight mode, come in grace mode. Your kids are not bad. They're a child and foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, the word says, but that the rod of correction drives it out, that, that the pain of discipline brings wisdom. The word says all these things. And so we want to bring discipline. The Bible says that he who does not discipline his child hates his child, but that disciplining can save his life. So do well for yourself, do well by your child and, and d- train and discipline your child. And here's a final thought. Your children will learn what you teach them. If you don't like the way that your kids are behaving, then you need to realize that you are able to teach them to behave differently. This may come through prayer. This may come through doing some research. This may come through asking some friends, what do you see that I'm doing that I should be doing differently? This may come through consulting with a lot of different parents who have successful children. But if you look around Children are different in every family. Some children are really well-behaved. Some children are not really well-behaved. But the thing that's consistent across the board is they learned what their parents taught them. You are able to set the bar wherever you want to set it, whatever's appropriate for your family. Set the bar there. Obviously, don't expect perfection. None of us can live up to that. But set the bar with what you feel holds to the values of your family set the bar there and teach your children both by your example and through training and through discipline how to reach that standard and live at that level of greatness because you as their parent you're in a position to call out that greatness and bring out the big stuff that's inside of them all right i hope this was helpful because i went a little long i'm gonna skip on the life hacks thing Actually, scratch that. I'm going to give you a really fast, really fast life hack. Are you ready for it? Back to Christmas. Okay, I know you probably thought it was something something deep and powerful about parenting. I'm going to leave some resources on my blog, though. Um, Head over to my blog if you want some resources. I will share some really great books and teachings and stuff that may be if you're looking for a resource to help with your parenting, then these will be some great resources. Um, but I'm also going to share this when it comes to Christmas time and shopping. I frequently get way overwhelmed and <laughs> like go way over budget. I found this app called Santa's Bag and it is amazing download the app it's a free app and it organizes all your recipients all the different gifts you've bought where you bought it how much it was and you can set like a status for each of the gifts if it is an idea if it needs to be bought if you bought it if it's wrapped if it needs to be wrapped if it's been delivered and it can organize lifts by that it'll show you your budget real consolidated or for each person it's amazing guys so sorry I didn't mean to yell at you Go download that app if you need help for Christmas. I honestly keep it on my phone. I'll, I'll be using it throughout the year for birthdays. They may actually have one for birthdays. I'm not sure I need to look. But it's called Santa's Bag. So there's your life hack for today. Otherwise, thanks for tuning in. I hope today's was helpful for you. I went long. I apologize for going a little bit extra. But this is a topic that... I feel it has so much to, there's so much to say about it and it it carries a lot of weight. So share it. If you feel like this was helpful, share it with friends. And until next time, thanks for joining me at Java with Jen. You guys have a wonderful day and Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. It really means a lot to me. And don't forget, you can always email me with questions or comments at javawithjenpodcast at gmail.com. And for links or show notes, just go visit my blog at jennaleesamuel.wordpress.com. Until next time, you've got this and God's got you.